Gosh, how close are we right now? We're about a foot and a half from each other. Three I've dudes, never felt so close to all two of Three dudes sitting I, around him, and, yeah. and, and Will's wearing a very pretty gingham shirt, mm-hmm. and I'm wearing a nice button-down, and Tony's got his uh, Irish uh, t-shirt on right now. So anyway. So uh, what are you trans- wearing, listeners? Yes. Hey there, college football fans. You know this already, but it's finally here. Week one of the 2015 season. Welcome to episode five of Waiting Since Last Saturday, a Georgia football podcast coming to you from the home of the Bulldogs, Athens, Georgia. My name is Scott Duvall. Today on the podcast, Tony and I welcome back Will, and we're treated to a variety of stories from his travels, ranging from his coverage of Donald Trump's campaign stop in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, he really was there to the past weekend he spent in New York. Also, Will does his best to explain what exactly is going on at his alma mater, as the University of Illinois decided that it would be a good idea to fire their football coach one week before the season. Also, we'll dive into whether or not Georgia will cover the 35 points versus Louisiana Monroe. We'll also hear Tony and Will's take on what Georgia needs to do to make sure everyone leaves Sanford Stadium in a good mood, and knowing that the Bulldogs are on the right track as they start their march towards an SEC East crown. And what about Michigan? And how will Jim Harbaugh's debut with the Wolverines pan out versus Utah out in Salt Lake City? And if you're a Michigan fan, you're not going to like what we have to say about it. And could Alabama find themselves in a real challenge against the tough Wisconsin team on Saturday night in Jerry World? Those topics and more on this episode. Also, if you're listening to us via SoundCloud or iTunes, if you could give us a rating and review, that would be awesome. So, without further delay, here's episode five. I do think that there's probably something to, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I it's going to be tough to listen to one minute, to stick to one minute of Beckman. Yeah, well, you no, know, Tony and I were talking. That I think when a coach is fired, you get two minutes. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I think I don't. I still maybe more than people want. Yeah, man, that is. <laughs> well, now, I, see, that's the thing, though, is that the thing is, you guys don't realize this. This was this has been the plan all along. All will be revealed of Illinois' plan. I talked to like the one source I have at mm-hmm. Illinois with in inside information Illinois like athletics and his kind of universally line it inside. DIA at mm-hmm. Illinois has been Beckman's fine unless yeah, something comes yeah, out. Yeah, and apparently this was the something. That or like, you know, it's also worth noting that, I mean, the whole university is in a nightmare right now. Like oh, everything, yeah. like, like the chancellor's resigned, president's resigned, like everything. Yeah. Like one of the things that was really surprising about this, I think, honestly, I don't know. We don't know exactly what they found, but certainly... It's not. It's worth knowing that Mike Thomas's job is in serious jeopardy right it now. It should be, and, and so it, there's an argument to be made that this was a face-saving um, move by Thomas in a lot of ways. Well, but I don't think Thomas saves his job now unless he makes a home run hire. I see. I don't even know if they're going to give him the opportunity to make the hire. I think. I mean, we don't even know who they're, who's going to hire him. Like we don't. Like right now, we don't know. Who's yeah, there's the no chancellor or president. So there. it's just such a mess. Yeah, it's such a mess. Wow! Did but you see the state of Illinois is not no is not even cashing giving out lottery, lottery checks right now? Yes, so it's a wonderful time to be. I am. It's your home state. I had a great five years. I'm glad I don't live there. <laughs> yeah, so it's Chicago's fault. Downstate's fine. Yeah, um, no. I'm, who who doesn't love Piatt County? <laughs> All right, so should we go? Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so now that we've got the band back together, yes. Thanks. I'm glad to be where, back. Where have you been? Since I week. left you, I was in uh, Arizona to and to Chase Field to watch my St. Louis Cardinals win the first two of their eventual four-game sweep over 
the Arizona Diamondbacks had a wonderful time. This is my father and my friend uh, Chris, who is a uh, longtime Deadspin commenter and a big Arizona Cardinals fan. And okay. So we had a great time out there, and then I came back, and then I had a wedding in uh, New York this weekend. It was in kind of like Trump country, and I don't mean mobile Trump country. <laughs> I mean actual like outer borough, Long Island, Botafogo country oh, okay. uh, was where the wedding was. The so question it, I have is, was there a woman that looked utterly like enthralled with being that close to you? As the picture of the woman that cl- being that close to Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, she was very excited. There was a woman holding a baby. Yes. That, uh, she actually didn't know who I was. Did I you had... see that up close and personal? Uh, no, I was, on the, I was behind him. I just, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you went to Mobile for yeah, this big... For the, for the Trump thing to cover that for Bloomberg. Can you give yeah. us 20 seconds on what that was like? Uh, <laughs> I, I'll have to say, uh, you know, regardless of your ideas on Trump, I, didn't, I found the people there... There's this general consensus among Trump people that think about Trump supporters are all stupid and all like toothless yokels. And I have to say, I did not find that to be the case there. I think that uh, regardless of your politics, their response to Trump is less about Trump and more about the most common thing that people told me was they were so sick of politicians that, quote, talked like aliens. Mm-hmm. And, I, and by that, they mean they don't talk like normal people. They right. said that it was true for Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush. And on down the line. So I think that certainly there's a certain type of person that's a Trump supporter. But it was fascinating to talk to people. One of the things I loved about doing that is, listen, people that rally, those, are, those aren't my people, but those are the people I grew up with. Like, I know those people. And so I think that there's an instinct to, like, d- like just dismiss them as idiot morons. And I think it's more a matter of... Trump, surprisingly enough, I think someone was going to speak to kind of the frustrations they have. I would have never imagined it would have been Donald Trump. What I'm really hearing <laughs> is we're just waiting for Brett Belima to get into the race. Yeah, I think it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Because Kanye's going to join it in a couple of years. I'm well, okay. Well, listen, it's, I'm sorry, but like you could make an argument that Kanye is more qualified than Donald Trump. <laughs> I think you could certainly make an argument. I'm not going to be the one to make that argument, but I would understand the argument. That's an argument you could see. I can see. I can see. <laughs> And, and uh, if you're interested, Will wrote a great piece on Bloomberg politics. I guess they could Google search Bloomberg, Will Leach. Yeah, uh, Will Leach Trump. Trump Mobile would yeah, be the way to find it. Very good piece with really good pictures. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I enjoyed the pictures as much as I did the... There's actually one itself. photo. You can actually see me uh, in the, there's a press area. And, of course, it's very fun to be at a press area at, like, a Trump rally. Because, sure. of course, everyone just sees you and starts cursing and spitting at you because they hate the press. That's, right. like, a large part of the whole thing. Though, of course, Trump... Loves talking to the press. It's an ultimate irony, but 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 it's very funny. You, you see me like dutifully taking notes while while he's while while Trump has his hands in the air, uh, saluting all people are kissing the ring. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's probably a lot like covering a, a, a Patino press conference as a member of the Louisville Press. Yeah, except, except that would be that the, the, that would be where the press, the Louisville Press, would be like, you're not going to write anything negative. About him. <laughs> you're not going to write anything negative. So I think at least a little bit uh, uh, there was the, the the press was skeptical, even if no one else was. So transitioning from Trump, the best segue I can think from going to Trump to college football would be bringing up Nick Saban, but we're going to save Alabama's game against Wisconsin until later in the, in the program. So what we're going to do is what we've done the past couple of uh, podcast episodes, which I think works out pretty good to start with the state of UGA news coming straight from uh, Tony. So and, there, Tony there, and there's certainly some big news today. It's funny, I texted you guys when the news came out. And Tony kind of poo-pooed me. I was like, this is a big deal. We got, they got it's, it's Lambert. That's amazing. And he was like, eh, it's not really that big of a deal. So on one hand, I uh, uh, first off, tell us why you don't think it's that big of a deal. And then I have some follow-up questions. I assume we're talking about the Grayson Lambert news, not the Rico McGraw news. Not Rico McGraw. Okay. Nothing gets Rico, uh, Rico McGraw. Um, you know, he, here is, he, here's the very short version of why I don't think it's as big a deal 
as it's made out. Now, I will be the first person to say I've been on the record for a long time saying I thought it was going to be Rice Ramsey. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of reasons for that, but uh, I actually spent some time last night after this happened thinking back about, okay, why, why do we recruit Grayson Lambert? The guy's talented. He's a three or four star, depending on which recruiting service you follow. He had offers from... Uh, you know uh, these programs like Alabama and in yeah the programs. Alabama offer then yeah an Alabama yeah. offer yeah so you know and that's actually I, I wrote a post at the Georgia Sports Blog that that came out today uh, today being Tuesday um, uh, that put together some things because I was looking at some stuff that that or a couple of people were debating last night uh, Blue Tarski get, get the picture put out something like it was twenty one of twenty seven when in third from um, in third and like fourth yeah. through six yards right the efficiency throws efficiency throws. 11 first downs. 21 completions, 11 first downs. Well, that tells you a few things, right? One either tells you a guy that's really making panic throws. It tells you a guy that's not making good progression reads. Or you have an offense that completely ignores down and distance. Um, And I think think it's some of all three. But I think part of what makes me have confidence in this is that, one, Grayson Lambert's getting a lot better coaching at UGA than he ever did at Virginia. I don't think anybody out there other than the most ardent UVA fans or the most, you know, Brian, Brian Schottenheimer, Mark Rick haters would say that Mike, right, right, Mike London's coaching staff are right, better right. than Mark Rick's coaching staff, one. And two, George has a better offensive philosophy and far better talent. Right. Offensive line talent, receiver talent, even with the depleted receivers, and running back talents. I mean, Nick Chubb alone ran for more rushing yards than all of UVA's entire rushing offense last year. Yeah, well, but see, these sound to me defenses of theoretical Georgia quarterback as opposed to Grayson Lambert. And to me, the the largest concern about this is this. I don't know if this tells me anything about Lambert. But boy, it does look like it tells me a lot about Ramsey. It, it doesn't. It doesn't say a lot about Ramsey. I yeah. think that's probably. I mean, it does say a lot about Ramsey. I think that's probably right. I mean, Coach Rick said today he doesn't know how much playing of two quarterbacks will happen in Louisiana Monroe. I don't think this thing's finished. I really don't. And, but I, you know, I've been proven wrong before, and I can admit when I'm wrong. So if it's Grayson Lambert, I have to believe that he came in and he showed that he can do what they need them to do better than Bryce Ramsey or Fatan Bata. Well, and uh, I read an article that Seth Emerson wrote on DogNation.com today, and it talked about how Grayson Lambert is a redshirt sophomore, and he has already graduated from the University of Virginia. With a degree in anthropology. Exactly. So he is the type of guy who could come in here and within three weeks pick up an offense because they said that if he wasn't in class, he was in the film room. I'll confess, I keep hearing this. I keep hearing how smart he is. I keep hearing about how he didn't get good coaching. I keep, I keep hearing this stuff, and I want to believe it, man. But man, like this is a guy that was a backup of Virginia. Let's not get like let's not lose our minds about this. Thing. I mean, he's no West Lund, but yeah, well, I'm not. <laughs> no, listen, I, you I, know what I'm saying? Like it's worrisome. Like I'm not saying it's worrisome. Listen, I, they know more than I do. I'm not saying they don't. But it is worrisome to me that this is a team that I think you know all three of us picked them to be in the playoff. It's not like we're talking about, hey, let's see what we got from this senior leadership. This is a team that has serious expectations that is now putting their hands on the quarterback that, frankly, I'm not trying to troll here, but this is a guy that didn't start at Virginia. Well, I will tell you there are three things about him that I like. Since we're, you, mm-hmm. want, you want to talk about things I like. I like his size and his ability to see the field. But now, yeah. he's, he's, he's 6'5". He's a big kid. He's a prototypical NFL-looking quarterback. Right. Whether he ever plays in the NFL, right. Right. he is a 6'5". I mean, can absolutely see over any offensive lineman we have. Two, he has a really good arm. He made some really strong throws. I went back and looked at some of his highlight throws. He didn't have a lot at Virginia, but he, he did have some. And while he threw more interceptions than TD passes, some of the interceptions were legit 
the receiver just was not in the right spot. I mean, he made some really nice back shoulder throws. He made some really nice fade route throws. He made some really, really good throws over the middle. And those are kind of the three things that you're going to see out of Georgia's offense this year. If Brian Schottenheimer keeps things like Mike Bobo had. So, you know, my concern with Grayson Lambert has a lot more to do with his ability to move around in the pocket because even the the scan reports him out of high school where he is – he gets his feet planted. That's where he is. Yeah. He's not good at moving around in the yeah. pocket, and he's not real comfortable with the pocket that moves. So I think that fits well if he's able to, to run a decent play action. Yeah. If Brian Schottenheimer thinks he's going to come in and run an NFL-style drop backs, you know, five sevens drop and read four progressions offense, that ain't <laughs> happening. Right, right. And, yeah, that, that, and that's the question. You know, And, again, I think there may be something to the fact that this isn't over. You know, I think that we – to okay. me, there are, I certainly agree with the idea that we, this is not certain – to any stretch of the imagination, this is a we're talking about a game against Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. So like in a lot of ways. But do you think, having watched Ramsey last year and much you know, this is a highly talented recruit that came in here, you've heard Rick kind of get after him a little mm-hmm. bit. Like every time he ever talks about him, it's always things that he didn't do, things mm-hmm. that he were hoping to see more of mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Is there a chance that this is a motivational thing for him? To take that a little direction, yeah. One, I think it could be. Hmm. Uh two you keep hearing the the quote out of Ramsey's prior coaches, Jeff Heron at, at Prince Avenue Christian School, is that just put him in the game. He's a gamer. He's yeah. a game guy. You know, we saw him play in the second half against Louisville in the bowl. Uh, he came in dead cold and asked him to make a long throw, and he missed it. I mean, he threw an interception. Right. Uh, he even talks about that. He did an interview with somebody, and he talks about that. But... You know, if he's that gamer, he's given the opportunity, he has to grab a hold of it. He absolutely... He's going to get, like, one shot. He absolutely yeah. has to step up. He, he might get more than one shot yeah. in, in the Louisiana Monroe game. Oh, right, right, right. But right, right. if he is a gamer, he has to show this it. This is your chance. This right. is a chance. To be fair, and we'll get into this when we preview the game, like, Louisiana Monroe is... like theory, here's, a, here's a question. First game is Clemson rather than Louisiana Monroe. Who is the starter for this game? Grayson Lambert. You think so? I, I think that's possible. Uh, yeah. Because he might be the Statue of Liberty back there, but he's got the experience. and Like, that's the question. Is this an experiment? Like, know. is this an experiment I think we lucked out on the schedule for it, the situation. Yeah. I think the schedule fell perfectly because we got not only this, but then Tremendous. we got Vanderbilt. It's a fair question, one of which I don't have a good answer for. Well, come on. I, why aren't you Mark Richt? I want to ask you, Mark Richt, not you. <laughs> Um, all right, so so games. So hey, there's guys. There is a game Saturday. Yeah, so an so actual football game. Is there any other Georgia news before we transition to that? Uh, well, I just want to point out one other thing. I brought up Rico McGraw a few minutes ago. Uh, McGraw as uh, a freshman is listed as a second string player behind Malcolm Parrish. You know, we're going to see a lot of freshmen play in the defensive side of the ball. I like mm-hmm. to see that output, especially with our first two games, um, because Pruitt likes to run. I mean, I think he played something like 29 guys last year on a regular rotation. So that's not bad to me, but, but McGraw was a guy you didn't hear a whole lot about in the here uh, and here he is now. This is or as a possible starter yeah. for Saturday. Is there anything else that feels unsettled? Like to me, is, is there anything else that we're like, okay, we would be surprised to see this person start, or are we are we covering that? I think I think Reggie Davis starting at the Z wide yeah. receiver position is a little bit of a surprise. Although he is a junior, for some reason I thought Terry Godwin might step up and take that that job, but I think they they rather him play inside in the slot. You know, and then you get Chigbu coming in, and he's now backing up Malcolm Mitchell at the X. I think you'll see both Goodwin and Chigbu get a lot, an awful lot of reps. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me either one of them get multiple starts through the season. Who's going to be the Chris Conley type this year, or the Michael Bennett type? Well, I mean, you know, I think you have to look at Reggie Davis. I mean, he and Mitchell both are six feet, are a little in some change. The thing I like about 
Chick Boots, he's six two, mm-hmm. and and he is he's he's kind of built a little more like Conley was long and can can get up there. Although until we see him play, it's yeah, really hard to no say. Telling. No telling. Well, we do have a game. game. It's Louisiana Monroe, the Warhawks. The Warhawks. Uh, I, of, I have some factoids out of Monroe, Louisiana. Okay, well, I did some scouting report too, but you go ahead. Well, because well, I, is your, are you football? Are you team scouting report? I just have factoids. Ten factoids by the University of Louisiana. Monroe. I do not have that. Okay, that's what I've got. That's what I've got. I have no. <laughs> this is these exciting. Are, these are ten factoids by the University of Louisiana. They are in fact in Monroe. They are in fact Monroe, Louisiana. Yes. Okay. Yes, and yes, not Monroe, Georgia. All right. So here are my factoids. I like to do this every week to find odd factoids about each of our opponents, even Excellent. those uh, the, the swarthy folks in the rest of the SEC. Factoid number one: Louisiana Monroe has had six different names. They are. Uachita Paris Junior College, which is the river. Wichita. 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 Wait, what? Wichita. That's how they pronounce it. Yes. <laughs> the hell's wrong with you people? Put the W in there. That's not us. It's the Cajuns. It's Louisiana, man. It's Wichita. It's the witch. The wi- that's how you spell Wichita? Yeah. Well, that's Wichita. wrong with you weirdos. All right. Uh, the northeast center of Louisiana State. Wichita. Nor- I thought he was talking about a banana. <laughs> Look how that's spelled. How is that Wichita. Well, my mom's from Texas, so that's kind of in that whole Louisiana-Texas area. (laughs) Wichita. That's not even close to Wichita. Number two, they have 94% of the the male undergraduates are members of our fraternity. That's one of the highest rates in the nation, 94%. Uh, They changed their nicknames to the Red Hawks from Indians in -hmm. in 2006 because of the NCAA. Their mascot had previously been called Chief Brave Spirit, which is obviously something the NCAA would not allow (laughs) today. There's actually a very hilarious video. If you go online from 1992, they got the Chief Chief Brave Spirit got in a fight with Northwestern State's Vic the Demon mascot. Now, the worst part about Chief Brave Spirit is he was not actually, like, as an Illinois guy, Chief Alaniwick yeah. Was you know they there was a guy dressed up as a Native American. This was someone in a mascot costume that was <laughs> like an Indian caricature. <laughs> so, so, so Chief Chief Nakahoma. Yeah, Chief Nakahoma, okay. essentially. Yeah. So with the oversized head. Yeah. So the, the one of the main fan Twitter accounts for Louisiana Monroe is actually still called Ch- at Chief Brave as a way to protest this thing that happened ten years ago. The other nicknames considered before Red Hawks were Bayou Hawks and Bayou Gators. Which, which I think would have added to the hate uh, a little bit. Uh, their mascot is now Ace the Red Hawk. He is okay. a hawk that wears goggles because he's a pilot. Okay, that's cute. I do not know why a hawk would need to fly a plane. He is a hawk. Right. He can fly. He has wings. Uh, Huey P. Newton is probably the most famous person to have been born in Louisiana Monroe. Baby mm-hmm. Huey. Baby Huey. But named after Huey Long. Uh, he moved to Oakland when he was three. Also uh, born from there was Guy Bannister, who most famous was the man alleged by Jim Garrison to be a part of the assassination of JFK. He was played by Ed Asner uh, in the movie. Which movie, of course, is completely, now I realize that I'm a grown-up, is completely fake and made up. And it was the Harvey Oswald all along. Interesting thing about Louisiana Monroe Athletic Department, they have the world champion greatest NCAA water skiing team. They have won 25 national championships in water skiing since 1979. They are an amazing water skiing team. They jump several sharks, I would presume. (laughs) And uh, they played one bowl game in in 2012. They lost in the Independence Bowl to Frank Solich in Ohio. And my final factoid, of course, are alumni. Their most famous alumni are Tim Brando, Bubby Brister, Tim McGraw, and Duck Dynasty's Willie Robertson. There are your factoids about Louisiana Monroe. Well, I got nothing on that. I was just going to tell you the coach's name. Cheers. Cheers. Willie Robertson, man. That was awesome. Thank you, Will. You're welcome. Wichita. God. Wichita. Um, Wichita. Wichita. Why don't they Wichita. just... Wichita. 
Yes, I'd like some Uachita bananas. Is that what they're, they're, they're I'm willing to pay three ninety-five no, pounds for. It. He's making fun. He's making fun. I'm sorry. There is no way that smells Wichita. What's wrong with you? All right. So, um, with the help of Adam Hunsucker of the News Star, I guess that's what they call it, their newspaper in Monroe, Louisiana, Todd Berry is the head coach. Anybody ever heard of him? Uh, yes. Okay. His dad was uh, Raymond Berry. Raymond Berry, really? The CFL coach. It was not the receiver. Uh, he might have yeah, yeah, called. Isn't he a Hall of Famer? Raymond He's Barry? a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Raymond okay. Barry. Same guy? Yeah. Huh, how'd he I don't know if it's the same Raymond Barry. Oh, Raymond oh, Barry yeah. is, was a, a coach and was a Hall of Fame receiver. I'm sorry, I no, I have to. I think his name is actually Wichita Barry. I think his name is Wichita Barry. So he had an interesting... The article I read that was actually published today, Coach Barry had an interesting question that was more of a rhetorical question that he asked. He was wondering why college football games don't have a preseason. And I was sitting there thinking, like, well... This is exactly what Georgia has done. They've scheduled a preseason game, and since Louisiana Monroe is a 35-and-a-half-point underdog, maybe that's the the take that they should have coming into this game is that it's a preseason game for them as well. Well, no, it's a pay game for them. Yeah. This is this is this literally will be what, uh, I mean, 10% of their athletic budget for the year. Right. We can't overlook them too much because remember that game against Arkansas? It was an overtime game, and they went for it, I think, on fourth down or something. I don't yeah, know John L. Smith was the coach at UOM. Yes. Didn't they give yes. Texas A&M a pretty good game a couple years ago? Uh, I think that's right, yeah. So they beat Arkansas in 2012, and then last year they beat Wake Forest when Wake Forest was opening up their new stadium. Doesn't that say more about Wake Forest than no. UOM Monroe? I think it's a wash. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a wash. They called themselves, well, they have the fun row offense. Yeah. So they call it their, their spread offense. They have... Interesting, they have which only scored 19 points a game last season, and yeah, and then Georgia led the SEC in points scored. Right. Last year they were four and eight. They started three and one. They lost five out of their last six games, but they lost all those games by a combined total of 24 points. So they were not a pushover. They were not blown out, and um, they run a three-three-five defense. And when I hear that, I think West Virginia, 2005, and how that just yeah. discombobulated us completely. So that's all I got on the Warhawks. What well, you you've convinced me. We're screwed. Well, we were in trouble. Uh, well, I think the book on the Warhawks is that their offense is still a work in progress. They scored 19 points a game last season. I think they were like 90th or somewhere in the 90 range in, in, in the FBS. So, you know, I think the, the other part about it is their defense is uh, was fairly strong against the run, looked really bad against the pass. Uh, there's nothing – they haven't done anything substantive to change that. But even Coach Barry talked about the in some things I've read that this is a payday game for them. They're also playing at Alabama maybe in three weeks, yeah. oh. uh, maybe the week before they play us. Alabama comes here. So this is a payday game for them. It's an opportunity to give their kids a chance to go to a big stadium. They also have a little bit of a quarterback controversy between Brown and Smith. Two, I, I did not make those names up, by the way. Yeah, I had uh, it just suddenly occurred to me. Yeah. Royal Brown and, and Garrett Smith. I think the one's a senior, one's a redshirt freshman. And when, with Brown being the starter last year, you would think he'd be the perceived starter. But when you want to score 19 points a game out of the spread offense, you've got to start thinking, okay, where are we going with this? By no stretch of the imagination do I think this is going to be a, a struggle-fail game for Georgia. I, I can't even entertain that notion like I would possibly entertain that notion we're opening with someone like Georgia Southern. Uh, to put it this way, 
Georgia Southern and UL Monroe are in exactly the same conference, and they're predicted to finish in opposite ends. Yeah. Uh, Southern's expected to p- finish in one, one or two. UL Monroe's expected to finish 19 or 20, or uh, how many other teams are in the Sun Belt? Yeah, ju- I think just above Georgia State. Yeah, Georgia I think State. just above yeah, Georgia oh, State. Yeah. Just above Georgia State. Uh, yeah, so. And so it might be a wash. So now having said all that, you know, they do, it does provide the opportunity, going back to your preseason kind of pregame, a preseason game thing, it does provide opportunity for Georgia players to to hit players other than themselves right. uh, and to go out and actually get some game speed because these aren't bad athletes. I mean, these are guys that are playing oh, sure. a really high level. They're, one, uh, you know, universally the, the schools like UL Monroe will have um, – they'll have some talent on par with Georgia. They'll just have six or eight of them instead of 60 of them. <laughs> right, right. And, and, that's, and that's, that's just that's the yeah. nature of the beast, right, right, right. right? So, I mean, UL Monroe's very best players could potentially start at – Places and maybe even you know one or two of them could start at Georgia, but every single position player when you look at Georgia's depth chart could start at UL Monroe, and that's would the be the star. Would be the yeah, the right. that's right the right. star. Yeah. Can you uh, give us a picture on maybe how once we take the ball on offense, whether we get the ball first or the second possession of the game, like what we're going to try to do? Maybe some lead draws. Are we going to see that famous David Green, Aaron Murray ball fake where he turns his back to the defense and then? Drops it into Reggie Davis or Malcolm Mitchell or oh man, we're gonna be we're gonna be so vanilla. We're gonna be yeah. so vanilla. We are, I, I especially with a, a quarterback that hasn't played live reps in our offense. We're gonna be so vanilla. I mean, we are going to give every opportunity for our offense to really get on track with our base plays and our base options. Is it possible we'll see a wild dog at some point in the game? Sure. Yeah. Is it possible because you know? Coach Rick is going to want Steve Spurrier to start thinking about what ha- what's happening. He's going to want Derek Mason to start thinking about it. not the wide receiver for the Titans. Of course. Um, Though he may also think about although it. Although <laughs> he may well think about it. Yeah. We, you know, I think there will be some of those plays, but not until the game's well in hand. Uh, it's, it's altogether possible we do run that the, the ball fake uh, lead, uh, lead draw uh, to, to see what happens, to see if we can run it, to see if we have somebody that can get deep, to see if Lambert or Ramsey can get the Good ball one. there. But it won't happen until the game is in hand. We're going to see a steady diet of run plays. We're going to see a lot of I've heard a lot of stuff about you know in order for Chubb to be on pace to get Heisman recognition yeah. he's got to get 150 yards this game he's not going to get enough touches for 150 yards if he unless gets he a, runs for 280 yards unless unless he breaks 280 <laughs> runs right and if he does get enough touches if, if 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 Chubb gets 25 or 30 touches in this game we have bigger issues than yeah. whether or not he's going to the Heisman right, 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 right. we just do and I don't think we're anywhere near that what about defense special teams? Um, yeah, I think defense, we're going to run a very vanilla base also. Uh, we're going to run our standard defensive sets. We might, we're going to blitz some. We're going to see. But Coach Pruitt is going to want to see who can do what, and more importantly, who's thinking about the game the way he does, because that's what he wants to see. He wants to see players that are in his mind. He wants to see players, when he, when he signals a play, they instinctively know what to do without looking back at the sideline, and they're able to communicate to one another, and that's who he wants on the field at all times. Do you guys prefer a game like this to start the season, or do you prefer a Clemson-like game? I, if, if, it's, if it's planned, I'm just going to get used to whatever's coming up. Like I was jacked up for Clemson last year. I was jacked up for Clemson the year before, but I am so relieved. That we have this because it it's is nice just, not to have the season on the line in the first right, game, right? Because yeah. two years ago, you and I were sitting there oh, yeah, at our neighbor's house, mm-hmm. and it was just crushing. Yeah. It was, well, I, I, here's here's the thing about it. As a fan, I'd rather see the big game for the first game. As the first game, as somebody that really wants Georgia to have a great deal of success, and and, and last year showed us you can lose a first game against a pretty bad opponent right, right. and still go on and do great things. Yeah, I mean, because let's be clear what Virginia Tech was last year. Yeah, yeah. They were, at best, a middle-of-the-road ACC 
division. I mean, team. they're worse. We'll get into this game, but they're worse. This they're better this year than they were last year. Oh yeah, Virginia Tech's much better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were tied with the team that UL Monroe beat at yeah. the end of regulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hardest part about a game like this is that you know we're all going to go. We've all paid our money. We're all going to go there. And we're all going to be bored with it by halftime if if things go the way we expect them to go. If not, we're going to hear a whole lot of I'm going to have to, to basically hide my kids' ears because the second half is going to be there's going to be a lot of ugly language. Yeah, but you know, I mean, like to me, like the nightmare scenario of this game, I, I, it's not lost, but it is, you know, Mitchell getting hurt. Oh yeah, well yeah, that's the nightmare scenario is injuries. Yeah, but like in a non-injury scenario, it's Lambert throwing a big an interception early. Or you know, or, they, or both Ramsey and Lambert throwing Yes, exactly. You, you like you get no. Not only do you not get any resolution of the quarterback issue, the resolution is both these guys maybe not so what not so hot, and maybe there's a reason this took so long to get this settled. Yes, Jacob Park's still available. Yeah, I mean, but, you know. But yes, obviously injuries are the nightmare scenario. But like outside of that, it's really just about learning. Like to me, th- th- this adds to the interest level of this game. If you've got an established quarterback coming into this game, this game's less interesting because then it's just like then we know we know what we're going to be in a week. So therefore, this is not to me. To, this is a chance to see Grayson Lambert as the starting quarterback for Georgia in, in a very low pressure situation. But the converse of that is this: the kind of game last year where we would have walked in and looked very bad. South Carolina last year. We, we went into that game thinking we're going to just roll over them because of what happened to them the week before in Texas A&M. Florida, because the way they were, I can't explain Georgia Tech. But both, both the South Carolina and Florida game— it, it Well, Georgia like, Tech was at least good. They, no, they were good. <laughs> they were good. But, you know, this is the kind of game— So having the new controversy, uh, the quarterback controversy—I hate yeah. to say controversy—the quarterback question— has provided an opportunity for the coaches to kind of keep guys' minds like, hey, nothing's yeah. foregone here. Say what you will about Vanderbilt, and yes, that's a game that clearly Georgia should win, but that's an actual SEC opponent next week. Yes, like, it is. If it turns out that Lambert and Ramsey are terrible, that's going to make me sweat a little bit going into that right. game in a way that even if they're both terrible in this game, Georgia's not losing this game. So for me, it's just a way to get questions answered about them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably right. It was 20 years ago. You know what happened in our first game of the year? Uh, was it 1995? Oh, I was in the dark days. I was in the wilderness in D.C. Versus then. Southern Miss. Oh. We scored seven points. Southern Miss scored. Do you remember the number? It was a... Um, I don't know why I'm quizzing you. I, the only reason I remember this... It, it was, was 35-7, right? Or something ridiculous. 11 Oh, they seven. put 11 or on us. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, look it up. And I'm can, looking at it. Let's go to the video tape. Out. But I'm, I was in Europe, I think, and I called home. This is before cell phones. And I called my dad. I was a sophomore in college. You called Collect, like, didn't you? Oh, of course oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, he was like, he, he was afraid to break the news to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that we had lost 11 to 7. No, we won 11 to 7. We lost. In 96? Okay, so it was 19 years ago. Well, that's that's what the media guide says. Eleven to seven, a win over Southern Miss. No, unless I'm reading it wrong. Somebody lost so, that game. Somebody was in a different part of Europe than. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I was in Amsterdam. Let's <laughs> say well, Amsterdam. Whatever. You know, it was '95. No, dude. Look, the Georgia scores are first. Are they? Yeah. Okay. So it was 1996. Jim Donnan's first game. So we lost a bunch of games that year. We lost a lot more games that year than I thought. Yeah, and then yeah. Yeah, it was really bad. Oh yeah, it must be. Yeah, that's right. Because we beat Texas Tech by three. That was our. That was Donovan's first win. Yep. Southern Miss shocks Georgia in opener, eleven to seven. Yeah, feel free to edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the idea. Here's the lead to the story of after Jim Donovan's first game. The honeymoon is over for Jim Donovan. <laughs> <laughs>
That's literally the lead to the story. George's new coach was hearing boos at halftime Saturday, and by the end of the game, the jeers were deafening as Southern Mississippi pulled off an 11-7 upset of the... 11 yeah. That was awful. Yeah, so it was 19 years ago. Okay. Well, two prime numbers. My, my, <laughs> my man, my man Doug would like that. Here's Don's quote. I think some of them might have been booing me. I think you're right, Jim Dunn. I actually think that you are correct about that. I think some of them might, in fact, have been doing that. I love seeing him at basketball games. He still has the, the biggest what me worry look on his face. <laughs> it's just so lovely. This, I, I, there is, I, I found, I'm a bobblehead nerd. I have like a lot of old bobbleheads, so I feel like I, I, I needed some old Georgia bobbleheads. Yeah, so I yeah. went to look up and see if I could <clears> find some. There's a Stafford one. There's yeah. like a Terrell Davis, like generic one that, of course, came after the Broncos stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a bit, there's a Herrick, Jim Herrick one, uh-huh. and there's a Jim Don. One. You have a Jim Donovan one? I didn't buy it because uh, I was like, come on. I mean, no, it was funny. It was like a dollar and a half. Okay. <laughs> With free shipping. It was unbelievable. Do you have so. an Ed Podolak? Uh, no. I, well, I, the, uh, not yet, but I, I think if I have the opportunity. <laughs> I, there is, uh, um, you know, there. They, I'm just thinking that's probably not the best seller. <laughs> what you're saying? It's a small market. It's a small market. Small I think people market. might have been booing him. So. Okay. Well, um... So George is going to beat UL Monroe. It's just a matter of we you know, so. name your score. You think we'll cover? Yeah, 35 points. Are they covering or not? I think we will. I don't know. That's we hard. We were good at covering That's last hard. year. But that hook, I mean, if it is 35 and a hook. I don't know. It's, uh, you know. But not that it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't have money on the game. So a good it's, it's my honest answer. My honest answer All right, is, so, so let's give them a score prediction. You know, I don't think we're going to keep them scoreless. Um, no. Uh, so I can see them scoring, you know, 6, 7, 9, 10, even 14 points. Um, so I'll go on the limb and say, you know, 42-10. So. Okay. I'm going to say 31-10, which is actually now both of us not having them covered. Yeah, that's right. I was going to say 45-7, to seven, and I can't do the math to figure out if that's cover. a cover. Okay, all right, so 45-7. to seven. That's a cover. Okay, all, all right. right. So, so uh, and that, that leads us into an exciting thing that Tony has uh, established for all of you Waiting since last Saturday, podcast listeners, and hopefully you'll be a little bit better at it than I was because it's a uh, college football pick'em, and I'm going to have Tony explain yeah, it to yeah. you. But don't do what I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the first thing, first thing to do if you want to join, uh, go to actually go to the Georgia Sports blog and look for Waiting Since Last Saturday College Pick'em. I posted the links. I want to say yesterday, which was Monday. If you can't find them there, we're on the homepage for FunOfficePools.com. One of the very first top ones for the partners. What we're going to do is we're just going to pick out anywhere from 10 to 15 games per uh, week that, that we're going to pick. You're not picking against the spread, Scott. The Scott is yeah. for uh, Scott. The spread is for information only. This week we have some fairly interesting game. I, what, what I try to do is I try to pick the interesting SEC games. Uh, I try to pick interesting games involving our common like common opponents, mm-hmm. Tech. Georgia Southern, for example, is playing West Virginia this week. Well, I don't think it's... It's a, th- it's a more interesting game than you might it's think. It's more interesting game you might think. Yes. Right, right. So, uh, And then, of course, we're going to have the Illinois game all season <laughs> yes. in Scott's honor. So, And uh, any, like, maybe big, like, like if Texas-Oklahoma. Yeah, Texas-Oklahoma. Like, that's not an SEC right. game, right. but that's, like, a big game. That's Notre, exactly right. Notre Dame-USC. Well, we for example, we have Texas-Notre Dame this yeah. week. So uh, should we pick... On the podcast, and then our picks online will reflect it, and that way people can know what we picked. Well, I don't. Th- I, since this is a competition, um, I think we can we can. 
I, I'm, I'm okay with talking about some of the games. I don't want to say who I pick because I have a very specific matrix. I'm competitive. You don't Scott. have to say your confidence value on it. Yeah, just say that's who won. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, okay. Just tell us who that's won. That's fair. I'll, I'll, the, I'll, well, I'll start with the easy one. I'm going to say Louisiana Monroe, and I put all 13 points there for Georgia to beat them. Yeah, but we don't need to do confidence. Let's just go game by game, discuss the ga- yep. Uh, yep. pick up the game, say who we're picking, and p- theoretically. Yeah, and one other thing. You need to do this before Thursday for the kickoff of those Thursday games uh, because we have a couple of Thursday games. We have a Friday game. I put Georgia Southern in there since mm-hmm. Will and maybe even I am going to that game. The, the, no, I'm Georgia going to Georgia State. State. I'm in State game, not Georgia Southern. State, yeah, Georgia State, I'm not, I'm not going are, to Morgantown. Not, are you going to Georgia State? I'm thinking very seriously I'm going to be there with my son. So uh, Yeah, Kristen's actually thinking. My wife's oh, thinking about going. So. So look Charlotte, three thirty afternoon football it's game. Really, just how do you not glorious. go to this? It's so. Because <laughs> I can watch it on TV. Yeah, but I'm there for crowd. But you watch anything on TV. When can you go to the Georgia Dome with only six thousand people? Yeah, at three thirty on a Friday. High like. Yeah, but no, this is more, there's more people there. There's yeah. more people there. So the first game, the first game up is. Why are you South, talking me out of this fun thing that we're the doing? The South Carolina North Carolina game. That game is in Charlotte. That's a six o'clock kickoff on Thursday. And that's a good jumping off point because that's when uh, that's when you cannot can no longer get in the pool. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, yeah, I really want to pick North Carolina. I really want to pick North Carolina. So three point three point spread. Uh, also, can we talk about how kind of sad that is for South Carolina? That's a three-point spread. Like, yeah. this is South Carolina. This is North Carolina, who had one of the worst defenses in football this yeah. year, regardless yeah. of uh, of the personnel changes they've made. If South Carolina cannot beat North Carolina by more than three points on a neutral field to open the season, let's, uh, it's probably going to last a year. Let's be clear. I'm picking Gene Chizik in North Carolina to win that game. Wow. To win straight up. Is he yeah. assistant coach? He is the defensive coordinator. coordinator. <laughs> National championship coach. Gene Chiswick. Now the defensive coordinator now of North defensive Carolina. Co- North Carolina. That right, tells so, you a lot. So you have North Carolina. I got North Carolina. I am not quite ready to live in a universe, regardless of how <laughs> old he is and how out of it he may be. I am not ready to live in a universe where Steve Spurrier loses to freaking North Carolina on a neutral field. I'm just, I'm not, to start the season. I'm it's, not ready to it's, it. it's actually a battle of the two most discontented coaches in, in It's football. such a mess. Like, yeah. it really is. And it does, it feels like a game that the one that loses, the team that loses, they're going to talk about that That's game as the, a... as the end. Yeah. As the, as the yeah. one, as the, as kind of the end of the current regime. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm also going to uh, go with Will, and I'm going to pick the Gamecocks on this. And I think it's going to come down to a controversial play, and you're going to see Spurrier. And Fedora meet up like Jay Gruden and John Harbaugh did last week. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. A shiny match. That would be fun. Right. Very cool. Uh, Western Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. That game is also a Thursday kickoff. That game is being played in Nashville. That's a one and a half point spread. One and a half points at Vanderbilt home against Western, Western Kentucky. So basically, it so is basically, a home game push. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So right, SEC against a, uh, what are they? Sun Belt, right? Sun Belt. Yeah. yeah. That would be. I I have to say I'm. I'll I'll go first on this. I know that Vanderbilt was a was a disaster last year, and it's weird because there is a very clear. We'll talk about this later. There's a very clear Beckman vibe out of the coaches coaching situation there. It, the idea, like, okay, we knew there was going to be the first year was going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one knew it was going to be that much of a problem, and like already that feels like a bad match and a bad mix from the get go. That said, I I'm not ready to. I cannot fathom they would lose at home to a Sun Belt team uh, in the first game of the year, even if they are Vanderbilt. Tony, you ready for your picks? I am. Before you do them, I'm going to request that you do them in a Leonard's Losers fashion <laughs> for this game only. Okay. Okay. 
I have no idea who the coach is at, at I almost said Bobby Petrano's Hilltoppers. Just make a name up. <laughs> the Hilltoppers from Bowling Green head to Nashville to take on the Commodores, the Seamen in Nashville. And all I can say is Lennox loses Vanderbilt in a close one. So you're going with WKU. I'm going. I'm going with Western Kentucky. To win? To win. To win. Oh, to win. Wow. Here's the thing. I don't know that they fixed their offensive problems. Western Kentucky is a fairly decent defensive team. They scored a lot of points last year. That has all that has man. every feeling of the Temple game last year. Man, oh man, it just I can't does. Imagine. It I'm just gonna, does. Can't even imagine. Sorry to overtalk you. I'm going to go with my favorite mascot and next to my oh, my favorite mascot, like that you dress up as in all of college football. And Hilly. I'm going to go with Western Kentucky also. Hilly, the Red Blob, the, the Red, red blob. blob. I have a great story about partying with the Red Blob for real on Bourbon Street during the NCAA basketball tournament. So he was wearing uh, the costume. He was the cost. The guy that was in the costume on Bourbon Street. Why was he in the costume? Well, they already lost. Oh, so they. Oh, I see. I yeah, they were already out of the tournament. Right, right. So the, okay. the I was so psyched. Uh, so the next game, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to go all the way out to Salt Lake City, Utah, Rice Eccles Stadium. SLC Punk, <laughs> <laughs> Michigan versus Utah. For the just so you know, that is a uh, Utah five and a half points. Five and a half points. Yeah, I have to say it has been. I don't know if everybody read the big feature about Harbaugh uh, that was on the Bleacher Report. Actually, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was terrific feature, and like it was so full of, oh my god, Harbaugh is insane anecdotes, and we knew that he was crazy. My favorite anecdote that came out, I don't know if anybody saw this, there was an anecdote about Harbaugh where he was late for practice at Stanford one time, because he was driving in, and when he got there, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I was late, but I had to pull over because I came to a busy intersection, and there was a, uh, there was a cop and she was doing such the lights were out and she was doing such a great job directing traffic <clears throat> that i had to stop and watch her because i pr- i just cannot resist watching excellence in any form he's a lunatic i have to say i mean I, even less miles like come on guys seriously <laughs> crazy and it is worth noting i'm not listen harbaugh's a great coach michigan's so excited it is it is a non zero possibility that this gets weird in Michigan. Like I know everyone is so excited about there. It's, it's not a it's not likely. He's a good coach. He's got he, he's been so weird around the media. He's been even eccentric for Harbaugh since he got to Michigan. There's a non-zero chance that they lose this game and something weird happens with the local media guy, and all of a sudden things. Turn. It's got a. It's got a. There's a certain Larry. Oh, it can Brown, go off the tracks. There's a certain Absolutely. Larry Brown coaching the Knicks yeah. Yeah. possibility here that I don't think is likely. But I certainly think it's possible. I, I, I think, think they're losing this game. I, th- I, I think I think oh, I think you're right. Yeah, I think they're using this game, losing this game. Yeah. But I think it's okay if we, as casual, non-invested observers, you excluded being a being an Illinois yeah. grad, root for that exact scenario. Oh, it'd be glorious. It would be glorious. glorious. I mean, it would be less miles. It would be less miles running fake punt on second down. Glorious. Oh, it would be. I mean, like because this is the thing too is Michigan. You know, Michigan is a great football school, and but also they really, really make sure that you. know know that they are a great football school. Yeah. Part of their whole thing is getting a Michigan man yeah. and having to do all that. The idea that they would get this guy that they've lusted after ever, and it turns out he's a complete and total lunatic. I mean, utter lunatic. And, and I have, like it, like, it is worth noting there's a possibility that this blows up. Yeah, and I don't necessarily know it's this game, but... I, I've seen a lot of predictions with them with seven, eight wins. Yeah, uh, I don't that's, know. I don't know, it could happen. Yeah. 
It could also be four. Yeah. And if it's four, their fan base is going to get so yeah. salty. Because I'll tell you what, the family-friendly zones at UGA uh, tailgating, they might be really lonely, but I'll tell you what's lonely, 100,000-Z Stadium with 44,000 people um, in it. Well, I mean, you saw games there last year. Yeah. Where, but people had bailed out in the, in the third, third quarter. Third quarter. It yeah. was just, it was, and that stadium is just, just like, yeah. yeah, it could get over. Now, the one the one saving grace, Dave Brandon's not there anymore. Yeah. So uh, that is for Dunna, Dunn initiated. That was their AD who quite possibly could have been crazier than Harbaugh. Not not like, ha-ha, come have a drink with me crazy. Like, oh, my God, lock the doors. He's here again yeah. crazy. Yeah. So Harbaugh's clearly done it. Like, he's great at Stanford. Yeah. Great at San Francisco. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't mean to say that he's not so incredible. what's his company. shelf life? I mean, well, I mean, if it goes well, I think it's, like it's a five-year contract. I can see him. It depends on whether it goes well or it goes poorly. If it if they build this year and win more of the games next year and then have a potential national championship team that year, mm-hmm. I think you're looking at three or four. But if they if it goes really great early or really bad early, you may be looking at two. But this isn't a career gig for him. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think so. so he's too Utah? ambitious and he's too weird. Sorry. Yeah. So you're picking Utah? Absolutely. I'm just trying to move this along. Yeah. yeah. I'm picking Utah as well. Okay. Yeah. Will's got Utah. Tony's got Utah. I'll take Utah as well. Going on a limb there. All right, who's next? Uh, this game is also on Thursday. This is the late game on Thursday, kicking off at 9 o'clock. TCU at Minnesota. That's a 14.5-point TCU favorite. Um, I think all you need to say is TCU, in my opinion, but that's just me. Well, you know, Minnesota was bad. was a pretty solid Big Ten team last year. They, it was funny that there was, a, there was a lot of curiosity about them last year because they were the team that both TCU and, and Ohio State had played. Yeah. So, like, there was a lot of debate of, like, who beat Minnesota by more? There was this weird notion of how much Minnesota about, uh, made a difference in the national championship chase until Illinois beat Minnesota. Yeah. And everyone was like, never mind. Uh, we don't need to discuss this anymore. Uh, but... Minnesota, like Jerry Kill, is a terrific coach. He has completely he's turned them into that kind of big the thing you can do in the Big Ten, where you work a team from four wins to six wins to seven wins to get them what they thought uh, was going to happen with Ference at Iowa right. until it turned around. Right. Right. Get them to eight and nine and just like keep them comfortably there. This is the year for them to get to like nine, right? And get stay there and potentially outback bowl, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. a step up, frankly. Yeah. And yeah. they're in the wrong division. I think if they were in, I think if they were in Illinois division. Uh, uh, they would be considered a very serious contender to win, to win that, but unfortunately they're in Ohio State. Uh, but to me, I that doesn't change the fact that this is TCU, and I think the TCU is probably going to stomp all over them. Oh, TCU, no doubt. Which which uniform do you think you're going to wear? I don't care. Okay, I'm going to go with TCU as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I know it's from last week's podcast. Uh, I'm fascinated by Scott, this uniform. Scott's Scott, uniform Scott. essentially exceeds yours. It does. It does. <laughs> Um, all right, let's go over to Friday. A little three thirty Atlanta kickoff. Yeah, the Charlotte 49ers, we 69ers, this game? 89ers. Scott, Wayne, uh, Will, and I are going. Yeah, come Why on not? now. So you George, were, yeah, it's a six and a half point game. It's a Sun Belt tilt. Uh, it's a season open kickoff in the Georgia Dome. I'm not going. There's it no is also going. worth noting too that according to Bill Connolly and Matt Brown's one to one twenty eight rankings, mm-hmm. these are one twenty seven and one twenty eight. Wow, it is the it is the opposite of Ohio State and Alabama. It is, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Which to me is all the more reason to get excited. About. It's also a college football game where you can buy beer in the stands. I'm in. I'm in. So, so Charlotte versus Georgia State. Um, Georgia State won one game last year, and this is Charlotte's first game in uh, in FBS or FCS, whichever one. Yeah, we're whichever we're calling it now. That's a uh, Georgia State six and a half point uh, favorite. I'm picking the Panthers. 
I am picking. I'm picking Charlotte. I've seen. I watched Georgia State. Of course, I went to this game last year, the one that was the first game of the year when they beat Abilene Christian. It was their one win. I'm not ready for the effect that I've seen two Georgia State games in two years. They're probably if they Georgia State loses this game, they're probably not going to win a game all year. It's very possible. This this may be the biggest game of the year because one of these teams is not winning a game. It's whatever loses this game. I find that exciting. Scott doesn't find it exciting, no. but I find it very exciting. I'm taking I'm taking Charlotte in this game. I am going to take Charlotte as well because I the couple times I've tuned in accidentally to Georgia State football, I have changed the channel because of uh, suffering out of sheer boredom. You don't have nearly it. enough excitement for these lower tier teams as you should. This is exciting. This is fun. This is this is college football at you three thirty in the afternoon. Here's the thing: I was live Snapchatting. The Montana North Dakota State game last Saturday. It's, now that was exciting. It's not. Is every Snapchat not live? I don't know. I, don't okay. know. I just got on. Like, uh, okay. By the way, you can follow me on Snapchat at Joabi Films. Um, anyway, it was a lot. Of you, fun. you already missed the North Dakota State Montana game, though. So yeah, it, it went away after 24 hours. It, just it disappears. No. Nope, um, nope. So just I, I'm gonna go Charlotte, <laughs> just because I'm only picking it because I have to. All right. Fair enough. Oh my God! That sound you heard me was trying to get out a comment about yeah, pic- it's hard. pictures. I just I hear can't you. do it. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Friday night, Memorial Stadium, Champaign, oh, yes. Illinois, yeah, Kent so, State. Should, should I just do the minute now? Kent State minute versus yeah, yeah. Illinois. Well, Tony, yeah. that's a good point. Do you want to? Let's just get the minute out. Let's of the get the minute out of the way. Right. Okay. So yeah. do you have the? Nah, Sorry. I'm not going. I'm not going to the. That's right. I, 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 we won't go too long here. I'll, I'll, I'll be ready. Yeah. All right. So here's what we're looking at. Obviously, uh, after me talking about how Tim Beckman was. Had a chance to improve this team this year and keep his job. He got fired a week before the season, which is not obviously ideal. They brought in Bill Cubitt, who was the offensive coordinator. He was also the previously coach at Western Michigan. He is sort of the grown-up. If you listen to him talk, you're like, oh, this is what happens when there's not an idiot that's coaching your team. Uh, Certainly, no matter what, I think they're clearing house after this year. You're already hearing Shiano talk. Which is fascinating. You also, I've actually heard a little bit of uh, of Kiffin talk, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, but to me, you know, this is a this is a, a winnable game against a lower tier MAC team. This feels like a game where ev- the stories afterwards are well for one night. People in Champaign were able to get away from the misery of the last week. I well, the, right now everyone on their offense is healthy. I think this is actually a blow away win for Illinois. I think they're going to win this pretty handily. Okay, Kent State's in the MAC. They're in the MAC. Any Friday night action here? Yeah, I, I this to me, you know, one thing that you saw a lot of, and this prep should not have been surprising in the wake of Beckman's firing. All the players were like. Yeah, we're fine. We're ready to play on yeah, let's Friday. Let's play some ball. <laughs> yeah, like, there was a kind of move on. Cuba was the right guy to get the job. And listen, this is going to end up being a total mess. It's probably going to be a. This may be the best year Illinois football has in a while. Is that because they actually do have a lot of talent? Uh, they have more talent than they've had in a long time this year. Lunt's a legitimate quarterback. That I feel like that I think they win this game fairly handily before they they get wiped out by North Carolina in a couple of weeks. And this actually feels a lot like Ed Orderon taking over USC on a whole different level. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, because right. you know right. I, I'm. We can make the Kiffin Beckman jokes all you yeah. want, but in reality, it it's selling everybody down. From, yeah, right. Yeah. From a, from a maturity and ability standpoint, I think it's a step up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm all I'm all I L L. I and I. Is that how you say it? I L L. Once I understand yells I L L, and I say yells I and I. Okay, I'm gonna do that. Okay, I L L. Noi. 
No, 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 no. no. See, okay, yeah, that was worse than. My <laughs> Hold on, Chitate. You sit over there. Be, you sit over there and be pretty. Will and I are gonna do this. <laughs> I'm gonna pick Illinois. <laughs> that was worse than my wish. That that might not have been worse. Oh my than god, my thing, actually. I think my wish thing was pretty bad. Well. Now we're to Saturday games, guys. Saturday, doo -doo, everybody up in Canada. And since we have the SEC Network game, we're kicking off first at noon. UL Monroe versus Georgia. Uh, I got to, I mean, I, there's no way. I've already said, we're picking, I'm picking the dogs. So we're not, we're not talking spreads. So we're not talking spreads, yeah. not at all. So we're all picking Georgia. Yeah. And That's moving on to the next interesting game, Auburn versus Louisville and in the Georgia Dome, the second big matchup of the weekend, the Georgia Dome. Will, what do you think? Yeah. It's funny. I think uh, we've discussed this. I think Auburn's a little overrated this year. I think people are making a lot of picks based off of schedule mm -hmm. uh, rather than. Uh, I mean, they're a talented team, obviously, but uh, I'm not sure they're the national championship contender. A lot of people believe. That said, we did not see necessarily the forward movements, particularly on offense, that you might have expected from Louisville last year. Unless that's going to move forward right now, I don't see any way Louisville keeps up with them. I think that's right. I agree. Auburn wins. I agree. Auburn. Yeah. Next game, and this one ended up being on there kind of by accident, so I apologize, Louisiana Lafayette <laughs> at Kentucky. That's a 16-and-a-half-point Kentucky uh, favorite. I'm picking the Wildcats. Yeah, I'm picking I, – I, I'm also picking the Wildcats. There's no the, – the, the, we just need to have all Louisiana school affiliates in there this week. <laughs> so. I can't even say anything. I mean, I just hope Lu, – uh, Louisiana. I hope uh, Kentucky wears their uh, mirrored helmets. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always surprised they don't like run into walls while wearing it. That would seem like it'd be very confusing. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really funny. Well, Jerry World, Texas A&M versus Arizona State. Yeah, another great game ruined. A great college football game ruined by being a Jerry oh, World. Wait, I that. thought Alabama was a Jerry World. Wait a minute, which games that were oh, that game is not one's at Houston and one's at Jerry oh World. maybe maybe that game's at Houston. Yeah, yeah the A and M. I'm sorry, That's the A and M game. Yeah, yeah, right, nice. Yeah. The A and M Arizona State yeah, game is in Houston. Yeah. I have to say, I am up on Arizona State yep. this year. I like them a lot this year, uh, and I and you know the thing with Texas A and M, you know there is. I still feel like this is this weird. I have to say, I still feel like he should have left. Who Grant? Uh, no, I feel like someone should. Leave. So someone, I was yeah, like, I well, feel, let's stick around. Graham will leave. Yeah, no, yeah, but I feel like someone may have missed his window to do. I mean, he's always said he wanted to be an NFL guy. I feel like that was maybe open for him sometime in the last couple of years. I'm not sure. I think the SEC, in a lot of ways, is you're going to get one chance to do that. My worry is that he's missed it, and so I, I, and I feel like this could be a bad, a bad start for them this year. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think Arizona State wins that game, probably going away. Yeah, I think A&M might be a little bit overrated, according to a lot of the experts that you'll see on ESPN. Some people are picking them to win the SEC West. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy uh, talk. Crazy. That's I'm crazy gonna, talk. I'm going to go with Arizona State. So all three of us, Arizona State? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, What's your confidence level? Uh, somewhere between 10 and 24. Just trying to get a little um, tell from you. So uh, Georgia Southern travels to Morgantown to play West Virginia. I got West Virginia in that game. But look out. Like, this feels like – I don't. Think oh, Georgia Southern, Southern covers easy. It's oh, a 12, yeah. It's a 20-point game. Yeah. I think Southern covers. Yeah, Georgia Southern is – I mean, they're fun, man. Like, I mean, this isn't your dad's David, uh, Dana yeah. Horgerson – or older brother's Dana Horgerson's team. This is a defensive-minded team. Uh, I mean, West Virginia is going to be the anti-Big 12 team this yeah. year. They're going to be in a lot of ball games because of their their defense, which is completely. I this may it's going to make Dana Holgerson's hair even bigger. But uh, <laughs> the the fact of the matter is, is George Southern don't quite have the horses to go into Morgantown and, and win this game. I just don't think they do. But they cover. But it's a, uh, this seems it's like, intriguing. It's a fun game. Yeah, I think that's a very fun sleeper of a game. So y'all are picking WVU. Uh, yeah, I, I I with regrets. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm going to say Georgia Southern 
is going to have everybody tuning to whatever channel they are on sometime halfway through the fourth quarter. And then, like what happened against NC State and Georgia Tech last year, the big boys are going to pull it out. And I'm sorry to my good friends Lacey and Paul, who will be dying with every snap that happens. Georgia Southern will lose a close one to West Virginia. They're going to get somebody, though. They're going to get somebody, particularly the next couple of years. Hope it's not us. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be um, Georgia. It's going to be somebody <laughs> in the next couple of years. So Texas goes to South Bend to play Notre Dame. That game uh, kicks off at 7.30. Of course, it's on NBC. Notre Dame is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm. Boy, I, what at some point, Texas is going to come around. I uh, yeah. really think so. Charlie no, Strong is too good a coach. Yeah. they got to get their recruiting levels back out there. Something happened with the Mac Brown era, with their, their pipeline in the Texas. It could be – simple answer could be TCU and Texas A&M happened. Yeah. But, Baylor. And Baylor. Yeah. And Baylor. Although Baylor recruits nationally a little better if you look where they're coming from. I still have to pick Notre Dame. I, I'm not all in on Notre Dame going 12 and 0, but I just think Notre Dame at home is is too much for the for the Texas this game. Yeah, you know, you, there are people already on Strong's case. It's oh, yeah. crazy. Well, like, it's like, Texas, man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I feel like it's hard enough for the job like that. And you know, this is what people said about Strong in the first place: Is he going to be? He's a good coach. Is he going to be good enough with the boosters? Is he going to be good enough to deal with all the Longhorn Network stuff yeah. that you have to deal with yeah. in a lot of ways? And I think it's telling that the margin for error for him. Like, Mac Brown hung, out, hung around the extra three or four years because everybody liked him. Yeah. He got, al- got along mm-hmm. with people. Strong it just is not going to have that kind of strength. I feel like they need to make more forward moves this year than I think they're going to be ready to make, and I think you're going to see him kind of getting hollered at a little bit. I think Notre Dame actually may wipe them out in this game. Wow. Well, as I uh, tallied this up, I noticed that we have all had the same picks on eight of these games. That's okay, right. though, because it's so, a confidence pool. Confidence pool. Right. So I'm going to go Riverside on y'all on this one. It is going to be the story of the weekend. The Horns are going to ride up in a South Bend and put down Notre Dame, and then Notre Dame is going to be left scratching their head, and then who knows, it could be a landslide for uh, Georgia Tech a couple weeks later oh, man. up in South Bend. That would, I have to say that would cause much agita. Oh, agita. Agita is our $3 word. We're finally there. What did I say? Agita. Agita. Heartburn. Uh, heartburn. Agita. Uh, you know, agita. That it's would... like angina, but a different part of the body. Oh, angina. No, A-G-I-T-A. Agita. Oh, oh, oh I thought you meant like heart palpitations. No, I said angina. Uh, or angina. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Wichita. Point so, is, it's, it's Wichita is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, the point is, is, yeah, if that happens... Man, <gasps> Notre Dame, that's, it's going to be a wow. long Wow, I can't wait for all the mansplaining happening oh, on ESPN with it's that. It's going to be a what? Mansplaining. I like that. Yeah, yeah. it's going yeah, to be ugly. But So everyone join the pool. Everyone join yeah. the pool. I, I said this on Twitter. I encourage people to do this. One more game. Oh, there's one more oh, game. Okay. I thought you said that was the last game. Alabama. Oh, oh Wisconsin. One. Oh, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for reference sake, Alabama is a 10.5-point favorite in this game. Here's the thing. This is a terrible matchup for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alabama is... Uh, is they're just as physical as Wisconsin. Uh, you know, Wisconsin's going to give them a game. I mean, it's going to be a close game until fairly late in the game. But Alabama's just, I just think Alabama's going to outclass them. I just yeah, do. Everything Wisconsin does well, Alabama does better. And Barry, Al- Barry Alvarez is not the coach again yet. So yeah, wait, um, <laughs> wait till the bowl game. Wait till the bowl game. Paul track. Chris is off somewhere else. But, but you know, I, I just think Alabama wins this game. New coach again at Wisconsin. Uh, we we took their running back coach. They don't have Mel Gore. Mel Gore. And uh, so I I think that's a I think it's an Alabama win. I don't think I think 
it's gonna be closer than you think, though. Yeah. I'm not sure about. It. I'm I'm not sure it'll be that close, just because like whatever whoever ends up being the quarterback at Alabama, I still think they're better than Stave. Like I think Stave is not. I'm not sold on Stave. Oh my god! Well, so, uh, he has the yips, you know. He has the yips. Yeah. He kills Stave's yips. So um, I'm I, I'm trying to catch on with their podcast, by the way. That I'm the Cubit Crazies. I'm trying to get the Cubit Crazies <laughs> as their next thing. So if you hit that next podcast, that's me. I'm trying to get Cubit Crazies going on with them. Wisconsin is not going to beat two Alabama schools in the same calendar year. They beat Auburn at the beginning of this year in the bowl game, and they are going to lose to Alabama in Jerry World. Yeah. I can live with that. Okay. This game's not on the, on the schedule, but I assume we all think Ohio State's going to wipe out Virginia Tech. Uh, why, that why, game, yeah. Why are so, we so, picking so Kentucky, let me, Western, let me whatever, Let me explain what happened. So... I personally, Tony, am responsible for setting these games. It's my fault. It is yeah. my fault. This thing you did nicely for us to set up for us. So, you jerk. You didn't do I it still, perfectly. I still, su- I still suck at the free stuff. I had the Ohio State game in there and not the Kentucky game. There's a couple other games I had in there. Maybe UCLA and Virginia. I don't oh, remember now. Nice. I, I had a couple other games in there. And I just, for some for some reason, I set the schedule. Uh, my goal is, is to set the schedule on Sunday nights. Uh, and speaking of Sunday nights, I think we're going to try to do a little something-something here with the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Yeah, I think we are going to try to do, the goal, we're going to say this works, but I think the goal is to try to do two shows a week, a shorter, shorter than this. I, I, there are lots of things that are shorter than this, but uh, shorter than this podcast. Church. Yes, it's church. <laughs> church. Eternal life. They're um, <laughs> uh, um, not Catholic communion, actually. Not communion, communion no. Not actually no, no, Unless you I, go to a small. I was, I was at a, 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 a Greek, Greek uh, Catholic wedding this weekend. So, oh, the uh, Greek Catholics are way oh, different yeah. than us. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> still at the wedding. Yeah, uh, so you have no idea. And, You're waiting uh, your turn. But what I think the goal is to do a Sunday 20 to 30 minute wrap up show and we won't be doing it we might not always be doing it in person like this so but uh, certainly over the phone to do a 20 to 30 minute wrap up show uh, from talking about the game the day after to hopefully have up on Monday morning yeah and I think the goal is either to gloat or have self-loathing time for all three of us sure. yes. okay. it's, it's really yeah, you know, it's really more for, we might not even record it we just no, yeah we, we might just call it all we just need actually it. I might just talk into my phone without yeah. y'all on the line so <laughs> Yeah. But uh, and but while still, I think the sole goal is to have a show like this where we preview yeah. the games uh, that yeah. and go longer uh, going up. I guess we'll, we're taping this Tuesday night. Usually goes up Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Yeah, when, whenever whenever Scott puts it all together. But that I think I guess that does it for this week. Uh, we got three days left. Oh my god, I'm so excited! It's ready. Well, well by the so time excited. when you are hearing this, this probably will go live sometime on Thursday, late Wednesday night, early in the wee hours of Thursday morning, if not Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Um, it'll just be a couple days. Whenever, yeah. whenever, whenever I get around to it. Whenever. How about that? You'll have it for to, for your Labor Day travels. There your you Labor go. Day travels. Yeah. And that, that's why we made it Labor so travels long, is because we know you're going to be stuck in traffic. You know, yeah. in Atlanta, traffic is awful. Even if you go from Atlanta to Athens, it takes forever. My kids woke up Saturday morning and went to practice tailgate. No lie. Let's go practice tailgate. Last week, listening to this podcast, you talk about, when I wasn't here, talk about your tailgate. Because I go to Tony's tailgate. and I've never been invited until this year. Well, that, I've only known you like yeah, a month and a half. That's true. Yeah. Are we sure until this year? Um, <laughs> uh, but I, ju- I got excited just hearing you talk about the tailgate. It's, it's, and you know, I like a game like this because this is a light game. I'm taking my taking my three year old. Yeah. Taking my son. Yeah. I not. I wouldn't take him to South Carolina. I wouldn't take him to Alabama. I can take him to Louisiana. Yep, and, and I'm taking my wife yeah. and my three kids. And all all of us are going too. And we had our our wa- annual Waller pre tailgate party at our house Sunday. Right. Uh, Will had. 
some wedding or something he had to go <laughs> yeah, to. Sorry. I don't know, some excuse. But uh, well, we had 30 people there thereabout, right, Scott? Scott was able to come. Yep. Um, we had 30 people there, and we ate and something in the neighborhood of 25 pounds of pork. It was and really it was, good. It was glorious. And I met somebody that has a check mark on Twitter. Yeah. And he followed me back. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Wait, was who like was that? Matthew Leach. Yeah. Yeah. He used to cover the Cardinals. I've known Matthew for a long He's time. He's a yeah. fantastic yeah. baseball writer. Yeah, yeah. And he is the only Harvard person I've ever met that doesn't talk about how he went to Harvard a bunch. I didn't know he went to That's Harvard. That's because he grew up in Tallahassee. See, Scott said he didn't know he went to Harvard. He is, he is the most humble Harvard grad I've ever known. He did call it the Fair University a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the last thing I want to do is, Tony mentioned to me last week, after I had done all the edits and I wasn't even about to change it, but uh, to give our personal Twitter handles out right? in, in case. So, Tony, you want to give yours? Yeah, uh, you can follow me at Tyler Dogden. Also, if you don't mind stopping by the Georgia Sports Blog and see when I occasionally write, I'd appreciate it. And I'm at uh, William F. Leach, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-F-L-E-I-T-C-H. And I have, let's see, which Twitter handle am I going to? Okay, so you can follow me, Scott Duvall, at Jawavi Films. Let me spell that for you. J-A-W-A-V-I Films. I make small movies, and that's the Twitter handle I choose. And I have another one, but I'll mention that on a different podcast. And you can follow the podcast Twitter at WSL Podcast. Oh, you just messed it up. Don't go to a different podcast. Now. WSL Podcast. No, WSLS. Waiting yeah. since last Saturday. That's right. So that would have been waiting since last podcast, <laughs> which could be a it's podcast probably, about podcasts. probably a couple guys in England. <laughs> WLSL no. Podcast. Just stop, Wait just since stop last Saturday. Man. Okay, I can't, I can't do it. You'll fix this on post-production, right? We're going to also have him say it on Saturday at about 11 after a couple of uh, bourbon yeah. drinks. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, See you post-game. Game yeah. week, game week, Go game dogs. week. Go dogs. Go dogs. And that's it for our week one episode. We certainly hope you enjoyed it as much as we did recording it. Be sure to check back on Monday morning to hear our post-game podcast as the three of us react to what we saw on Saturday between the hedges. And if you could do us a quick favor and take a couple of minutes to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes, that would be awesome. You can also listen to our episodes on SoundCloud.com. And if you'd like to send us a tweet, our handle is at WSLS Podcast. On a bit of a housekeeping note, if you like picking college football games, Tony has set us up a WSLS Pick'em Contest which he has linked from his blog, georgiasports.blogspot.com. So enter in. It's free, and see if you can beat our picks. Thanks for listening. No more waiting for the season to start. It's finally here. Good luck to your respective teams this week, and until next time, we'll see you on campus.